Hello everyone. I know I said when I was doing Mama Needs a Murder, I didn't want to do a bunch of cases that everybody's already heard of, but after last week's where I tried to do one that not everybody talked about already with as little information as I could find, I figured to stick to one that I know, one that I've been researching and kind of like fascinated with for years. Um, I decided to stick to a mega famous one. And so, uh, Please join me this week. Grab your snacks, your books, whatever, because we're going back to school this week on Mama Needs a Murder. Oh, God, that did not sound great. Um, yeah, so buckle in. This is going to be kind of a ride. Alright guys, so if you haven't guessed that I'm covering Columbine in this episode, I am. So, we're going to kind of give you some background information here. So, Eric and Dylan, they met in 7th grade, and they, over time, became really close, and by the time they were juniors, they were pretty much inseparable. Some people say that they were very unpopular and were frequently bullied, which is they believe what the motive of the shooting was is that they were just sick of being bullied and sick of being like picked on and everything else. Um, but other people say they were not even near the bottom of the school hierarchy and they had many friends, but I wasn't there. You probably weren't either. So who's to even say what the truth was, especially since they aren't here to tell them, tell us this themselves. Anyways, they used to keep journals, and in their journals, they, for a year, sat down and planned out what they were going to do for a whole year. Um, they, you know, they built explosives, they gathered weapons, and they would make home videos, and all of these things, all of the writings and the home videos and the movies and other things that they would make were basically foreshadowing the Columbine shooting and the explaining of their actions and what they hoped to achieve. And like really, okay. If you're a parent out there, really pay attention to what your kid does like on the internet and shit, because you know, anyways, they were in a clique in their school called the trench coat mafia, who basically were just like these weird misfit kids who all wore trench coats, which when I was a kid, I really wanted a trench coat really bad. And this is before I even knew anything about Columbine. I didn't understand why my mom wouldn't let me buy one. So I just remember being really upset when she told me I couldn't have a trench coat. But I wanted one. Weird, I know. But anyways, um, basically this, these kids, the trench coat mafia, would rebel against the popular kids. And um, this is later was said to be untrue because... Harris or Claybold, neither of them had any affiliation with the group, basically. Um, anyways, their writings and their videos kind of gave insight into their rationale or like how they like, how they justified the shooting. Um, and if you're wanting to hear about the day of the shooting, I'm about to get into that, so please stay tuned. 
So on April 20th, 1999, um, which the date was chosen because these boys, they were into like German music and like, um, it said they were like very into the military and like into Nazis. And so they chose that because it was Hitler's birthday. Like they specifically chose that and they specifically chose this method of killing because they wanted to be as famous as the mo- the killers in the movie Natural Born Killers, which I have actually never seen it, but they would write NBK in their journals a lot and talk about that movie a lot. Um, but that's the reason they chose to, to, to have a mass murder in this way, essentially. Um, but they had a friend who was 18 at the time go and buy like different guns and weapons for them. And then that morning they built a bomb, which they set off like far away, like on the other side of town. I don't remember specifically where, but what they wanted to do was set off that car bomb somewhere else so they could have the police distracted and the firemen and everybody distracted over there so they could go and commit the shooting in their school. And essentially what they did is they set off the car bomb, showed up to school late. And when they showed up to school, they had a friend who I, for the life of me, cannot remember this gentleman's first name, but his last name was Brown. Um, Brooks. Brooks Brown, I believe. I believe he was the one who saw them outside. They'd been late. They missed a test. And he went out to their car because he saw them out by their trunk, like, loading something in their jackets and stuff like that. And when he asked them, like, hey, why were you late? Why did you miss your test? They told him, Eric Harris and him, um, for some reason, had had a falling out. And they told him, Brooks, go home. We like you now. Like, Eric told him he should just go. And he thought that was very odd. I'm not sure if he stayed or not. I cannot recollect in my mind of all the stuff I've read about this. If he had stayed or not, I should have wrote it down, but I did not. I'm sorry. Um, Anyways, um, from there, they made their way through the entrance where they encountered their first victims. And their names were... Her name was Rachel Scott. She was sitting kind of in the entryway with her friend. They were having their lunch. And... Basically, they were just walked up on and they were shot at, at which point Dylan and Eric entered the building and made their way out down towards the cafeteria. Um, A teacher had spotted them and began just running through the school, um, trying to warn people, trying to get kids to hide in rooms. Um, And eventually it got them to the library, which is where most of the shooting took place. Um... And it was said the very first person shot in the library was a young man. I believe it was Isaiah Scholes. I could be mispronouncing that. I'm so sorry. Um, But that's who I believe was shot first in the library. They also shot one of their teachers. And his name was... I have to look this up because it's been a little bit. William. William David Sanders. So they shot the teacher William David Sanders. They also shot 11 other students in the library. 
or I should say ten other students. Or not, er. It's in total fifteen, including them. They shot Rachel, Isaiah, the teacher, and then them two. That's five. So yeah, ten other people in the library were shot. At which point, they kind of just began wandering around their school. Just wandering around and then back into the cafeteria where they basically kind of had almost kind of a shootout with the police, at which point they then went back to the library where they committed simultaneous suicide. And it is said, I, again, I can't, don't quote me on this. This is just something I have heard that some people have said in interviews. They said, one, two, three, go, boom. And they were gone. Um... So, essentially, the whole attack itself, like the news coverage and everything that went on during and, like, afterwards, make almost when I was a kid, because I was in first grade when this happened, so when I was a kid, to me it almost seemed like this whole thing, because I remember our school even went on lockdown, because we had, we just, we just did. Our whole school went on lockdown. And I remember sitting under there and feeling like this whole thing, because we had the news on, the school was in lockdown, we're watching the news, watching what's going on, you know, in Colorado. And I remember it seemed like this whole shooting took up the whole day. And to some people, everything that they did and everything that they said um, seemed to go on for a whole day. But in total, do you want to hear how long the attack was? 43 minutes. That whole thing. From the time they entered the school. Until the cops were able to like clear it and able to go in. 43 minutes. Not even an hour. That entire thing with so many deaths. Didn't even take an hour. Oh, and it said they only went into the cafeteria, not necessarily to have a shootout with the police, because they had put bombs in the cafeteria to basically explode and kill essentially 500 people. But the bombs, for some reason, malfunctioned and did not explode, so they went to the cafeteria to shoot at the bombs to explode them, but they didn't, so they wound up having a shootout with the police instead. So, um, but yeah, sorry, I'm a little rambly today but um yeah <sighs> thank you for listening to my ramblings I probably sound like a crazy person and of course after the shooting occurred they were just looking all kinds of places to place blame um they, they said it was based on violent video games. The two played Doom a lot. Um, that was a big computer game back then. Um, they also blamed music. They claimed that Marilyn Manson specifically was putting out, like, this super violent music and, like, all this shit. And um, he actually did an interview where he was asked about them, and he said that basically what these kids need is it's not, like anything crazy someone just needs to listen to them because clearly somewhere somewhere along the line something was trying to be communicated that was not being heard 
which that's not word for word what he said, but it's the gist of what he said. And clearly someone needed help and nobody was listening. So, and I know Marilyn Manson's been in all kind of trouble recently and I'm not going to go there, but that is what he said because all these people were trying to, you know, besides Doom, the video game, and specifically him, were being blamed for this horrible, horrible happening. And honestly, the guy didn't personally know them. And he, if you've ever listened to a Marilyn Manson song, they're not like, I mean, I, I guess in some ways some of it could be interpreted as kind of violent, but they're not telling you, like, go out and fucking kill people, yeah. Like, they he doesn't do that shit. Like, if you actually listen to his music, it's not that. Um, and as for the, like, whole aesthetic thing, that's literally all it is, is an aesthetic. Like, I'm literally 99.999999% sure he doesn't worship the devil, He's even said in interviews he doesn't. Like, again, even though he said it himself, I don't know him personally. I can't say, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't. I'm pretty sure everything he does on stage is literally for show. Because it's a rock show. A sh- uh, you know, an, an aesthetic thing. He He wants it to look cool. He wants people to be, like, amazed, you know. So... Again, I don't think it was his fault. He literally did not know these kids, literally had nothing to do with it. So, so since the shooting, um, Columbine, the actual school, has kind of the library now is sealed off. Nobody can go in there. Nobody can use it. Um, they've put actually a wall of lockers in front of it. So there's no way you could get in there. Um, the school is still open to this day, I believe. Um, well, not during COVID, obviously, but like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Um, As for everything else, I know Brooks Brown is still around and he does interviews and everything. So if you look him up on like on YouTube and stuff, um, he, he gives like interviews and stuff that you can go watch some of his interviews if you're interested. I know, I forget her name, but Dylan Klebold's mother is a psychiatrist and she actually has a TED talk out. So if you can find that, it's also on YouTube. I recommend you go watch that. It's actually very fascinating. And she actually, it was actually very interesting to hear her take on all of this and her like, you know, it's very interesting. Um, they do have a memorial dedicated to all of the victims and what else? Oh, the memorial obviously is in Columbine. It's near the school. Obviously. Um, let's see, what else can I... There have been multiple um, movies. There's one called The Basement Tapes Movie. It 
was also released on YouTube. It's kind of like an independent film. And basically what they did is they took two actors and just reenacted because there's a lot of their home movies nowadays that you cannot find because they've been destroyed. So they took two actors and reenacted basically all of the home movies they could get their hands on. And so if you'd like to watch that, I actually um, kind of partnered, or not really partnered, but like sort of used to talk to them on YouTube back in the day. I don't know, or like correspond with them on YouTube back in the day. Um, so, because that's totally not a creepy fact to give out about myself that I was just like talking to these people making a movie about a shooting that I was obsessed with. What's wrong with me? I don't fucking know. Anyway, um, yeah, so there's that. But it, that's also very interesting because you can really kind of like tell their personalities and see like the way their their minds worked through all of this um also through all my research if you don't like nine inch nails and if you do um I learned of a song called a warm place through them and I started listening to nine inch nails because of it so if you don't know who nine inch nails is even if you don't like nine inch nails check out the song a warm place just because it's a really good song and it's really chill and calm. I just like it. All right. That's all I wanted to say. And that will be it for the uh, episode this week. And uh, I will see you next week, guys. Hope you're having a wonderful October. Happy Halloween. Um, please, if you are having mental issues, because it is said that the FBI did find from Eric Harris's journal that he was a psychopath. So if you're afraid you might be a psychopath, please go seek help. There are multiple resources everywhere. Um, with that, I will outro you. I am now going to say my piece. Goodbye. I love you. And, uh, if we ever meet in person, I'm going to buy you tacos and touch your butts.